Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen and I am joined today by two good friends. My co-host per usual, Bradford Sonnenberg, back after a week off dealing with real life and things that are more important than amateur football podcasting. What a shocker. Uh, and uh, our good friend, been a while. I'm glad we recorded on Tuesday because Wednesday's when we record. It doesn't match up with the highly regarded and award-winning. Oh my God. Taking off from, from, you know, the gutters to now the top of the podcast charts. It is that boy wolf, our man, Ryan from Saints Twitter podcast. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good, man. I appreciate the welcome, bud. No, we still out here grinding, bro. Like we, we hit the, the, the top of any charts whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have got a listenership. That, that's that's impressive. Yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah, you know, it, it's hard. You know, you could be like this podcast and have no listenership. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I, that's not really why I do this podcast. Anyway. Nah, man. I always I, say, man, like if you if you can't enjoy doing it, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. I have too much. I have too much fun. So, Ryan, as always, thank you for joining me. Wow, uh, feels like just yesterday that the season started but here we are week four coming up today's episode we'll be doing some take soup per usual lots of takes about our teams the broncos i'm sure will come up chiefs i'm sure will come up the saints will definitely come up we'll be talking about those games those teams other things that caught our eye over the weekend uh and just uh general nonsense which is always fun and then uh we'll be back on friday morning with our good friend mason and maybe a listener from a uh, 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 former guest from the UK to to preview some um, some London games. So I'm excited for that. Uh, it's nice, Bradford. I think we're gonna be able to start having a consistent schedule because I I know for a fact that um, no one in the world from my job or or life listens to this podcast. So I believe I can safely. I, I'm just glad AAA baseball is done. Personally, uh, I stopped caring about AAA baseball in September because it becomes a massive waste of time and uh, it's done to come tomorrow. So I think we might be able to get on a, a consistent schedule where maybe we record Tuesday nights and we record Thursday nights and maybe Friday mornings. But it's just going to be fun because I think finally September is always crazy for me. October here we are. Uh, uh, well, welcome to the best time of year, purely football season. Not much else going on right now. So that, that's I, nice. I will say the psychological damage you must have endured having to care about the Angels farm team is yes. truly just like, that's just devastating, man. Like, yeah, what, what are I they? Mean, the, the bees or yeah, something like that? They're really terrible. Uh, I mean, they've yeah, been well, the Angels play. are pretty terrible. So they've been there's, out there's a connection play. there. Been out of a playoff race since about mid June, so it's really been a colossal waste of a summer. But, uh, you know, I have fun doing them, and I like the guy I work with. So, uh, you know, shout out to him, my man Steve Clowkey, just the dude, best guy out there. He cares about the bees a lot, and that's commendable. But he he's also the full time play by play voice of them, and I I am not. So, you know, makes it tough sometimes. But that's a that's a personal tangent. Back to the matter at hand, which is uh, NFL football. Uh, a, a good week uh, for, well, not, mu- not much of you guys. You guys both lost this weekend. <laughs> uh, you know, Denver Broncos, Broncos really win, though. Denver like they Broncos won, are but... uh, two and one, so that's nice. <laughs> they won, but did they really win is, is what, I'm, what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure, sure, you can hang your hat on the vaunted Broncos defense uh, valiantly defeating or well, at least challenging the likes of uh, Geno Smith, Davis Mills, and uh, Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo. But I mean, I I don't know if everything's uh, everything's riding good in, in Broncos country personally. But you know what, Eric, you've been down the first couple weeks of the season. It's good to see you with a smile on your face. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I'm going to be positive today about the Broncos, I think, because there's a chance that if things go sideways against the Raiders this week, next week will be very, very, very negative. So, uh, 
you know, I'm I'm happy. Let me just give you guys some highlights about the Broncos game, and and we'll start here. Uh, our coach didn't waste all three of our timeouts right as the second half started. That was nice. Uh, the crowd didn't have to cut count down uh, the play cup. The play cup. <laughs> that was nice. You know, they, they they didn't have to go ahead and say, you know, three, two, one. You know, Russell Wilson. You know, he's back in the news today. Um, but you know, he he was not on the sideline being like, okay, guys, go run past, you know, he didn't do anything. Let's run. Yeah. Let's ride. Not, not, not not (laughs) that crap, but, um, I I can't really be positive. We got to move on from Russell Wilson because he did some really cringe worthy stuff today. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't be seen talking about him yet because that'll just make me angry. Um, let me tell you, Corliss Waitman, you guys probably don't know the name, but you should know it. He's the all-pro punter this year for the NFL. He is going to be an all-pro. He's just the best punter I've ever seen in my entire life. They had to punt 10 times. Eight of them were pinned within the 20-yard line. That's how good this guy is. Corliss Waitman, he's an all-pro. Uh, not much you can say about that, Ryan. You know, you you, you don't have an all-pro punter, so suck it. You hey. Know? Yeah. Hey, um, listen. Watch out for Blake Gilligan, boy. I'm telling you. Nah, nah. Corliss Waitman is the man. He's just the <laughs> man with the plan. Love Corliss uh, Waitman. Defense looked good. Hey, Randy Gregory has not gotten suspended for a drug case yet, so that's a positive. And oh. looks to be a deeply good NFL player. So I have to eat some humble pie there. That was a good signing. Glad he's on the team. Just like, you know, don't get popped for – PEDs in two weeks, which could happen. So, uh, but but yeah, those those are the positive things I took away from Broncos Niners. Really a rollicking game, probably one of the best primetime games of the past five years, to be completely honest with you. Um, anything anything stand out to you from that Sunday night uh football game, Ryan? I'm sure you had just as good a time watching it as I did. No, I just, you know. It was um uh, it was interesting. It seemed I would expected Jimmy Garoppolo to uh be in a better groove at this point since he's been with you know in that offense a while, but I still feel like you know something just is not feeling right with the 49ers offense. Uh, as far as the Broncos go, um I'm I'm still waiting to see Russell Wilson become what we expected. But you know, I mean maybe. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to watch him at this point in his career, you know, as he isn't as mobile as he used to be, as he tries to become more of a, um, more of a pocket passer. Um, I, I just want to see – I want to see how that works out. You know, all the other stuff that's happening off the field. It's weird, like, his off-the-field stuff is not like, you know, abusing women or drugs or nothing. He's just, you know, kind of corny, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's fine. It's like, nothing wrong with that, like – I'm much rather deal with those type of issues than deal with what, like, the Browns are dealing with, with Deshaun Watson or, uh, you know, some of the other things that's going on. So, like, don't feel too bad about having Russell Wilson. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, <laughs> you, I could know. Do, you could do a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, lot worse than Russell Wilson. You know what have I'm you, saying? Have you seen that video yet, Bradford, the Subway commercial? I, I have not. I actually, uh, I've actually been relatively checked out of the Twitter sphere today, but... I will definitely check that out. The thought of, of more Russell Wilson goofball content is both horrifying and kind of intriguing. Well, I, I don't know if you agree with it. Let's just analyze that that clip really quick because there's really not much to talk about game-wise here. Ryan, I, I would define the way he delivers that commercial as uh, the way a serial killer talks. Uh, he, <laughs> he, 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 like he's tied someone up in his basement and he's calmly kind of explaining to them and you know, very, you know, subtle. You ever done anything dangerous? You know, yeah. Dangerous. You know, and uh, you know, it's it's tough. Uh it's a tough look. Um my thing so, is how do these how do these because this is an outtake, right? Like this can't be the actual commercial. Yeah, like, no, it, I mean he, he's kind of talking in like a half whisper, like yeah, I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know if you saw the video of it superimposed on like the Batman scene with the, with the Joker at the uh, at at the at the gala party. It, it, it fits pretty perfectly. Uh, you know, you want to know how I got these scars? You know, he's just he's just a corny little Christian Science robot, that Russell Wilson, and uh, he is, uh, you know. It's sad, really, because I, I'd be able to put up with this if, well, now I'm getting negative. I'm not going to get negative. Be, you can't be that much of a cornball and be throwing for 184 yards and zero touchdowns. <laughs> yes, you know exactly. You got you to at least, Thank you. You gotta at least like, justify. Like, if you you got to be, be like an average NFL quarterback, and he has not been an average NFL quarterback would, for three weeks. I would compare it to, like, if Von Miller wants to be able to pull off that haircut, he has to be one of the greatest pass rushers of all time. Right. And he is. So it's like, yeah, that's just Vaughn's cut, man. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't judge him for it. But if, if, if Russ wants to be pulling this stuff, he's got, he's got to be pulling his weight on the field too, which that's true. That's hasn't true. been the case. Yeah. I mean, he had that one nice drive kind of towards the end of the game where he started to use his legs a little bit and whatever that was, just do more of that. Like just do like, let's, let's just abandon whatever this hybrid offense is and let's just, you know, drop some backyard plays and let him run around and, and and make some throws because that's ultimately the thing that Russell Wilson is best at. Yeah. So might as well just run an offense like that. They've built an entire offensive system on what Russell Wilson is not good at, which is, (laughs) it's, it's just, it's just mind blowing. Like, it, it is entirely built on these like like quick down the middle, short passes, quick release. You can't take too much time to think about it. When has Russell Wilson ever been good at that? Never. That's not. I mean, but I mean, that's what he's wanted, apparently. Like he's wanted. That's what he's wanted. And, but it's like, bro, it ain't you. No, no, it's not. And clearly Pete, like as much as it's a lot of people like to clown on Pete Carroll for like, I mean, just like the whole Geno Smith, Drew Lock, uh, QB competition, and kind of his like very old timey football mentality. Pete Carroll at least understood what Russell Wilson was and how of to course. use him. And if you use him correctly, he can be very effe- uh, effective. And I-, I can't remember where I heard this, but somebody pointed out to me because that the the Broncos hired, if this, if I'm correct, the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett with the intention of getting Aaron Rodgers. This is an offense that is. He's what Aaron Rodgers thrives in, yes. and they're getting I, they're getting Russ to play like Rodgers, and they're not the same quarterback. They have completely different styles. Yeah, this is something I said about halfway through this game, uh, with my head in my hands about that. Right, right when he misses that Jerry Judy throw on the easy out route that should be a first down, I put my head in my hands and I looked over at my poor father, who shares this affliction with me, and and, and I say to him dad we got the wrong quarterback like this was he needed Aaron Rodgers like that and they went out and they got Russell Wilson it's like this offense would be dynamic with Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback but it's not and it it just you know makes me very sad I, I really want Aaron Rodgers not not Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson is and and the sad part is Russell Wilson doesn't want it but what the Denver Broncos are good at is running the football. They yeah. are extremely good at running the football. They should be a run first offense. No, they, they need should, to lean into that. Yeah. They should hand the ball off between 50 and 60 times a game and give Javante Williams 30 touches a game and say, Hey dude, we're going to run you out. We're going to run you down on this rookie contract and like, take us to the promised land. Like this should be a run first offense because when they run the ball, they get like four or five yards of carry. It's it's always successful. And oh, it's just like Nathaniel Haggett's got this obsession with like, okay, let's go deep shot and beat Cowboys. And it's like, well, the defenses are never going to let Russell Wilson do that. You got, it's just, see, I got negative. I, we're two and one. We're currently tied for first in the division. So that's, you know, that's a real positive um but yeah that's that's how i how i feel about the broncos right now uh are you threatened bradford i would be very very threatened if i were you i i feel like the broncos are coming for this division uh i do not feel particularly scared whatsoever uh the main existential threat to me 
in this division was Justin Herbert, and that does not seem to be uh, as scary of a proposition as it was a week ago. Um, if you want to talk about the Chiefs real quick, I will tell you this. I'm not going to be a doomer about this week. Anybody who watched this game, it was a fluky, just ridiculous, dumb game. I mean, uh, special teams, I feel like, was responsible for, like, like a 14-point swing in this game. Like, missed field goal, missed extra point, uh, some absolutely horrific, like, like, I mean, Sky Moore. And, like, I know he's a rookie and he's trying, but, like, come on, dude. You got to have a little more awareness than that. And he had a couple plays uh, on the returns. It was just was not it. And essentially it was like a 14 point swing in this game. And one of the things that was semi concerning to me about this game was, I mean, it definitely read like, this is one of the uh, Eric B games, at least the second half of it, where it's like, cause he's, he's contractually uh, given like a promise that he calls a certain percentage of the plays. And I mean, you, you never, you never really know. Uh, which which one is which, but you can kind of tell. And I mean, just like you could see like the sideline shots and Mahomes arguing with Biennemi and then Biennemi on fourth down, he, he'd rather have a uh, Matt Amendola throw the ball than Patrick Mahomes. What are you doing? What? Like just, they ran this ridiculous fake field goal uh, play. And it's just like, I don't know. So, so much of uh, the mindset was like, keep the ball out of Mahomes hands. It's like, what are you doing? Like Mahomes had a good game. I know his stats didn't look great in this game. I thought Mahomes was relatively effective. His receivers were not doing him any favors. And I am getting a little more concerned about the receiver situation. I think overall it will be fine. This is kind of, this is kind of a down week as, as, as far as that's concerned. Like Mahomes, Mahomes was fine in this game. It was just moronic coaching decisions, which is very unlike the chiefs. Like the chiefs are a very fundamentally sound football team. There's also this like, ridiculous chris jones penalty where he was like chirping somebody and ended up being like a 15 yard penalty like ended a drive like it was just it was just not a great game but i mean i I feel like the chiefs are still sitting pretty at two and one i mean the bills are sitting at two and one as long as they're keeping pace with the bills i'm relatively satisfied because i I believe those are the main contenders still for the first seed in the afc sorry broncos i I just want to see you score more than like 11 points in a game before I'm like, oh, the Broncos, you know. You want to hear something really sad, Ryan, and then I, I feel like you have a point here that you want to chime in on. Uh, the Broncos have not scored 20 points once this season. Wow. Oh, wow. they're 2-1. and one. That's so, like. Oh. Even, even the Saints have scored 20 points, man. Yeah, Jeez. exactly. <laughs> they have never broken 20 points. Never. I'll just say this though, man. It's it's uh it's still preseason. Yeah. You know, like it just you just look around the league, man. Nobody is looking like a top echelon team. Even the Bills, you know, they fumbled against the the Dolphins. You know, Ravens had a stinker against the Dolphins too. Um, like nobody's really just looking like, oh my God, this like the Chiefs look unbeatable in week one and they dropped one to the Colts. It's like, man, like teams are just trying to figure out who they are. Defenses are getting gassed in the fourth quarter. Um, it, it's, it's just we're going to see, you know, who teams really are come, you know, next month towards the end of next month as they, you know, as they begin to gel together. We see this pretty much every year, but more so the last couple of years with teams not really um, going all out in preseason. So, I mean, I, I, just, I just say just give it time, you know, like, you know, Russell Wilson can very well start cooking again, you know, in this offense. Once he once he and you know Thayer Hackett kind of work out their issues. Um same for the Chiefs with their receivers. This is gonna take a little time. So I just wouldn't freak out too much. It's just a, like a week to week league now, man. You really don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos were sorry to interrupt there. I got the, the yeah, Broncos no were fortunate enough to like sure while well, they're figuring this out and it looks bad. I mean, they're lucky enough to have like a soft, easy start of schedule, right? Right. But they kind of have the advantage of like, you know, you can kind of mess around a little bit and come out of it two and one. Right. right? And I mean, even like and, and next they have the the uh 0 and three Raiders. Like they they're kind of hat they're they're lucky enough to be in a place where the season is super is, is not dead at all. And as, as disappointing as the team has been thus far, a win is a win, as they say, and they have two of them, which is a lot more than a lot of teams have. So it could be worse. It yeah. could be like your, your chargers, for instance. 
Yes, it could be could be worse. Could be like the Chargers. We'll get to that in a moment. Let's talk about the Saints. I want to get Ryan uh, talking here. Ryan, you know, I I watched this game mainly on red zone. Wasn't on red zone a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I obviously. Through uh, on the highlights, uh, I'll be honest with you. Like, got to the second half, it was just too painful to watch. Like, even yeah. the highlights, even the highlights were bad. This was just I, like I feel really yeah. bad for you. This was just like a really terrible football game. I I, I feel like um, I have an honest question for you. Like I love Jameis. That I, I've always loved Jameis. He's just beautiful physical comedy. He seems like a nice enough dude. Like aside from some weird college off field issues, like. He seems like he'd be fun to hang out with. But, like, if he's really as hurt as he shows he's looking right now, because he looks very, very hurt. Like, you have Andy Dalton. Why have they not gone to Andy Dalton yet? Hey, man, I've been I've been asking the same question for, like, two weeks now. Um, we saw we saw how, how bad he looked against Tampa Bay. Um, he has four fractures in his back, like towards the bottom of his back, like the L3, L4, something like that, um, which you could play with, but it's extremely painful. It's You constantly have to manage pain. You, you know, it, it affects your torque. Um, it affects um, it affects a lot of things. You know, play, it affects playing quarterback. And for some reason, the Saints think they could have him limited all week in practice, um, and then pad him up during game day and expect him to be an effective quarterback. And I just don't get it. I do not get it. A part of me gets it because I, I, I look, Jameis, if you ever talk to Jameis, like he could make you believe in anything. Like he's the type of guy that's going to make you believe, like, I'm going to be fine. I feel great. I could do it, coach. But at the same time, We've seen reports that he's dealing with pain constantly. Um, and it's a bad, like it's to the point where he can't even come out during pregame workouts. You know, he's up in there getting shots, getting work, getting treatment. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? It's not like you invested, you know, 230 million in this guy. You know, he's on a basically a high-end backup QB contract. You know, and you got Andy Dalton sitting right there, shimmering with the beard and the and the hair. Like just ready to go, and it's like, what are you doing? Like at least at the very least, let Jameis get healthy, so you can see what he can do when he's healthy. Now on the flip side, you know, uh, he's he's not making good decisions. Like how much is on the injury, and how much is just on him? You know, I think a lot of it is on him. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not he's not playing well right now. He's not like from from any way you look at it, he's not playing well. He's not accurate. Um, he's not identifying things properly, especially like the blitz. Like teams are blitzing the shit out of. I'm sorry, I'm not sure if I can curse on here, but a team, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> teams are blitzing the shit out of the Saints, bro. Like, I, and it's just crazy because you know I watched the Saints all these years. You know, 16 years with Drew Brees, you'd never see a zero blitz against. <laughs> Drew Brees laid off. Right. It just, it just yeah. won't happen. Like, it just won't happen. Like, Drew Brees just be lifting his fingers like, oh, yeah. You know, it just wouldn't happen. And they just blitz and they sit in the house. And dudes just coming in unblocked, bro. Like, it's unbelievable to watch the Saints offense the way it is now, man. The offense is in shambles. They can't, um, <clears throat> you know, they commit stupid penalties like pre-snap. Uh, you know, not getting lined up right. Uh, it's just, oh, it's just a mess, man. It's like I've never seen a better example of coaching matters than, you know, the 2022 Saints. Like you just see how much an impact that, you know, having a really good coach changes things. And that that just goes beyond, you know, uh, Jameis's injury, you know, because I think oh, Andy Dog could come in and he could, he will – feel a lot of, you know, resolve a lot of the issues that they have on offense, but still not all of them, you know, like there's still plenty of issues that they need to solve behind, you know, the quarterback play. What's the status of Michael Thomas with that foot injury? 
Uh, apparently, he's fine. We'll see tomorrow, you know, with the injury report. But apparently, it's not a big deal. But you never know. Like, we'll see. If he's DNP tomorrow, um, you know, that might be something that we just have to keep an eye on. You know how those toes, like toe injuries and foot injuries, you know how those could be yeah. kind of funny. But, man, he was looking good, man. Like, he was, he's been, you know, I don't know what his statistics look like, look like right now, but, you know, he – it's like hit him more. Like he's been open, you know, just yeah. not getting targeted sometimes. When he does get targeted, he, ca- he catches the ball. He's look physical. He's beating number one cornerbacks. Like, like he was back, man. Like it's it's annoying because, you know, if you saw the Saints offense last year, it, I mean, you had Marcus Callaway as the number one receiver. You know, right. and guys like Kenny Stills and and like just nobody's coming off the street. Um to catch passes. Now you got guys like Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave is looking like the truth. Yeah, Chris Olave is a dynamic playmaker. Like yeah, it's, and it's like what is, like what is the problem here? This offense should not be like a bottom five offense right now. No way. Here's I think the the bright side to see with the Saints is you and I talked about this this offseason. And you talked about this on your podcast a lot. You and Adam kept asking, what is the vision? Well, I think you kind of see the vision now. Like, they are a group of young, dynamic playmakers that are in their prime with a stud defense that are kind of in a position of a team like the Denver Broncos a few years ago where you just feel like you're kind of a quarterback away. Exactly. And maybe this year is tough. Maybe you do end up with a top 10 pick. But if you do, you're going to give it. (laughs) The Eagles end up with a top 10 pick. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, That's what sucks, man. Forgot about that. (laughs) Hmm. What was the rationale behind that trade? I didn't understand it at the time, and it just it just looks worse now. Look, I know. But... Look, I know a lot of people bash on it. Um, I, I didn't mind it. Yes, they gave up quite a bit. Um, but they wanted to be in position to take whoever they wanted to take, uh, whether that was a quarterback, whether that was wide receiver. They wanted to be in position, and that's been their mo forever. Like they just. They don't give a shit about draft picks, bro. Like they don't care. Like they they will move across the board to get whoever they want. And they clearly targeted, you know, two or three players that they wanted to get. And Chris Olave was top. And which I, at the time, like I was really fine with because, you know, they didn't have Jarvis Landry at the time. Mike Thomas, huge question mark if he was going to be able to ever play again. So they desperately needed like good wide receiver talent that could come in and perform on day one. And look, so far they were right. Uh you know, and it's like, it's, and that's the thing. It's like the talent is not really the problem with this team. You know, now they had two first round picks. They, you know, they got Chris Olave and they spent the second one on second first first round pick on Trevor Penning, who looked good in the later part of camp. Like he was looking monstrous. Then he got hurt, and he's on IR till you know till November. So it's like, man, like we were really wanted him to wanted them to take like Kenny Pickett. Um, or a quarterback at some point in the draft because, I mean, you just got to take stabs, keep taking stabs at it because you never know, you know, you don't know what you really have with Jameis. You don't know what you have. I mean, it's just hard finding a quarterback, man, so you got to keep taking shots at the ball, you know, to try to pick one. But, uh, yeah, but that, you know, even though I like Chris Olave, I like that I didn't mind a trade, but, you know, it's it goes to show the hubris they operate with which is they always think that they're just, you know, a player away from going to the Super Bowl and all this stuff. And they kind of operate with a very, uh, you know, a very short-term mindset instead of thinking about the future. And they really thought, you know, that they'd probably have like a late first-round pick at worst this year um, with the talent that they have. And it's ended up, you know, they can end up, giving the Eagles a top 10 pick, bro. Like, they'll third turn things around. Like, Eagles, like, Howie Roseman just rubbing his hands right now. Like, yes, like, how can things get any better for them, you know? Well, I look at yeah. the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson trade as well. Oh, like, something about, don't something get, about don't the Eagles. Don't get me Eagles. started. Don't get me started on that one, bro. Don't get me started on that one, man. Like, that was, that was almost like the turning point. Because up until that point, I felt really good about the team. But when they did that, I was like, okay, something's wrong here. 
you know, because Sean Singleton Johnson is, should be a Pro Bowl player. Only reason he's not a Pro Bowl is because he has a safety, the word safety next to his name. If he had cornerback, he would be in a Pro Bowl. Um, excellent player and a very integral part to the defense. And to just give him away, like, I know they got like a fifth round pick back. For nothing. They, For they, nothing. They, they got nothing. nothing. They gave him away. Because there was basically they basically cut him. Like that's yeah. what it that was. That's they basically wild. cut just because, oh, you know, he was just being a little, you know, tough with the team. Wouldn't talk to coaches. Wouldn't talk to coaches or whatever. The dude got a like the dude, if you know CJ, like the dude is like, you know, he wears his emotions on his shoulders or whatever. Like, you gotta manage that. As a head coach, you gotta learn how to manage that. You know, and they just couldn't do it and they just shipped them out. Okay, if you want to ship him out, fine, but at least get something for it. Like, what was the rush to just get him out the door? You know what I'm saying? Like, at yeah, least, something weird there. It's, it just goes to show you, like, man, it's going to be rough. <laughs> like, this post Sean Payton, Drew Brees era is just going to be a rough one here. So, how much patience before we get to the rest of the games? And because I haven't really talked to you much since all the Saints craziness went down, because all of this. How, how much patience do you think Gail Benson has? Do you think that Mickey a lot? Do, a lot? Yeah, like the, the, it's a man. It they operate like almost like a family operation, man. Like Gail, they're not gonna Dennis Allen can win four games this season, and he's not getting fired. Um, he's probably gonna be a Saints head coach for three years, at the very least. Like if he blows it next year then, you know, maybe something changes, but he's locked in this year. He's not going anywhere. You know, he was raised with the team, been with the team since 2006, you know, and they just, they just don't operate like that. Like they, they'll, they'll change all kinds of other spots before they get him out of there. Uh, they'll, they'll get ready They'll get a new offensive coordinator. They'll, um, you know, bring in some new players. They'll bring in a consultant, or something like that, like all kind of shit before they get rid of DA. So, I mean, this is this is where we are, man. It's going. We're one of those teams. We're back to being that Saints team that's constantly looking for the better head coach, constantly looking for a quarterback. It just kind of sucks. Yeah, we are the well, Broncos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, welcome to the club. Like this is <laughs> this is this is what it's like to be. This is what it's like to be in the sloppy middle of the NFL. I'm just pulling up the Saints here really quick. Um, One thing that I think has been a little bit wild, honestly, like, am I crazy to say that over three weeks, the defense has kind of underperformed? Oh, no, it is. I mean, it has. It's hard to say, bro. Like, because if you watch the games, like they've done everything possible to keep the team in winning position. Mm-hmm. Like they, but then comes the fourth quarter, and they just you know they get they're constantly being put on on the field because of three and outs. The Saints' offense is awful in third down. I don't know where they rank, but they got to be in the bottom ten in the league. Um, so you know they're constantly getting put on the field. The offense is turning, making turnovers. Um, so I mean, I think honestly, the defense has been fine it's not perfect they got rid of marcus williams um this offseason that was a loss i think honey badger hasn't played uh particularly great um he's been okay but you know he's missed some tackles and stuff like that they've been banged up marcus may banged up um all the talk like oh this deep secondary oh the second secondary is so deep you get rid of chauncey gardner johnson um, and then uh, Paulson Adebo, who had a great camp, was going to be your stud, number two cornerback. He hasn't played yet. He's been dealing with the ankle injury. Um, Courtney Roby, you force him to play outside. And he's, you know, okay. He's an okay cornerback playing outside. Um, you force P.J. Williams at safety. He's, you know, he's a, he's a supplemental piece. He's not meant to start. You know, so now that deep secondary isn't looking so deep. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, you, you have uh, Alante Taylor, who they drafted in the second round. He comes in uh, in the second half last week, looks great, then breaks his ankle and 
practice this week and he's on IR. So it's just like one of those things where the strength of your team is no longer the strength and the pass rush is performing much lower than people expected, which I, I mean, we expected me and Adam, if you listen to the St. Student podcast, we've been talking about it all. We, we've been talking about it all, all season. Now the, yeah. the pass rush is not what it should be. I mean, Marcus Davenport, he's shown that he has flashes, but he's a weird player. Hard to figure out what's going on with him. Peyton Turner is looking like a bust. First round pick from two years ago. Um, he was a healthy scratch week before last. Last week he played, but didn't do much. Um, Cam Jordan, you know, he's in his 30s. He's kind of longer too. So he plays, he still, you know, plays well, but he needs other people to affect the passer for him to be real effective at his job. So, and he already, the defensive tackle was already one of the weaker spots on the team. So, you know, they, yeah, I, I expected the defense to not be as great, but they're still a good unit. Like, I still consider it, I don't know where they rank, but I still think it's like a top. 10 unit in the league, uh, maybe top 12, you know, week to week. But, uh, you know, I mean, with injuries and stuff like that, man, and with the, off, with the offense that's not being real complimentary to them, it's just going to be tough. Yeah. Um, we will keep an eye on the Saints for the rest of the year. I think this is good. We covered all three of our, our our teams. Before we head out here, I wanted to go around the the circle here once or twice and maybe bring up just some stuff outside of what we've watched from the Broncos, Chiefs, Saints this week that uh, gets us going. I will start with Brad, and I think I know where he will go. I guess. Well, I, I thought the Bears-Texans game went on. We got to talk about the Chargers Jaguars game. I got a lot of thoughts on that game. And I don't, this is not me gloating. I don't want to gloat about the Chargers. A lot of what's, a lot of their downfall here has been injuries and stuff that's not fun, no matter who you root for. You don't want to see it. That being said, you cannot be this heralded and this, I mean, thought of as this superhuman football entity. And get blown out by the Jaguars. It's just, it's not something that can happen. And you know what? Give some respect to the Jaguars. I, I will say that. Thank you. Thank the Jags, I, I've always loved the Jags. I love that they exist. They're such like a funny just footnote in, in the NFL standings. Every time. It's just, why is that a team that exists? I love them. And their offense. They're not asking Trevor to do that much at all. But what they are asking him to do, he is nailing it. It is so beautifully simple. They have not even begun to tap into what Trevor Lawrence is capable of. Right. He has been excellent at the very – they're just playing, like, simple offense, and the running game is really effective. I mean, James Robinson looks – I mean, like, uh, he, he was just injured a little bit ago, and he looks amazing. Like, I I love the direction that they're going in. Um, as, as much as the, the Christian Kirk signing was maligned, he's making a big difference. Like, having – a coach that understands basic situational football and oh. having receivers that can just catch the ball for you is such a huge improvement. I mean, even beyond, like the, I thought Trevor showed a lot in his rookie year, despite a lot of the very unfortunate results. And this is just going to justify like he sure. Is he in a bit of a system right now? Is he playing like a bit of a system quarterback? Sure. But it's That's a good, good system and he's a good quarterback in that system. And once they start tapping into what he's like, I mean, that arm and like, they're going to be able to do so much with him. I think, you know, get him a little more confident and comfortable in the offense, which he's starting to nail like that game, the chart, that game was not as close as it looked like there were so many, like, like the, the Jags were like an inch or a couple yards away from tacking on yet another touchdown. And they just turned into these super short field goals. It could have been so much worse. And on the flip side, uh, as much as I'm praising Doug Peterson here, you got what? What is Brandon Staley doing? Like, just yeah, I I do not care what the score of the game like that late in the game. I don't care. It was oh, it's up to Justin. No, it's not up to Justin Herbert. Actually, it's up to you. You're the coach, and as the coach, you have an interest because you know you're you're you only go as far as Justin Herbert goes. No matter how good of a coach you are, 
I mean, Andy Reid was an excellent coach for a long, long time. Didn't win a Super Bowl until he got Patrick Holmes. You go as far as Justin Herbert go. And to be risking him when he's injured that late in a game you're being blown out by 28 points is just, it's, how do you justify that? You can't, you can't. That was atrocious. When I saw that, I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how he stays a head coach for a long time. I have not. Yeah. I have not been impressed by Brandon Staley whatsoever. And it's like you, you cut your teeth on defense, and it's like, where is it, bro? Like, yeah, is, they added all defense? these pieces, and what are they showing? Yeah. Like, all, ultimately, here's the issue, and, and this just pains me because Brad was just ultimately so right about the Chargers from start to finish literally the only thing he's wrong on is his justin herbert slander like that's I like it justin no herbert. you slander <laughs> him you slander him i said he's not the no, best quarterback you slander him you slander like justin herbert movies. on every time we open up these podcast mics <laughs> but let me tell you something i'm so out on brandon staley like it's like Okay, you came in because you were a defensive head coach and you came from the McVay running school and you're this analytics, like new new running style, like zone block running style, like let's run the football, let's play solid defense. The Chargers are absolutely dog shit at running the football and playing defense. They They are terrible. Let me just pull up the PFF ranks really quickly for you to just illustrate this a little bit. The Chargers defense currently ranked 20th on PFF. If you look at their where they're ranked as a running team, they are ranked all 15th, middle of the pack. Um, yet Austin Eckler does nothing every single week. I feel bad for people who have Austin Eckler in fantasy because they just don't use him. And at some point it just, it's a, it's just hard to be a closet chargers fan. It's just hard because well, I wouldn't say you're closeted. You've been very open about your undying love and affection for the, the like, chargers. When is something going to break right for me? Like <laughs> the Broncos shirt, like the, I, I, I tell you the chart, me- the chargers chargering, is the easiest bet you could ever place. It happens every year. They are the like 10 time reigning defending AFC West champions. I every single time, at least uh, in the off season, they are. The and- in- yeah. The injuries too. It's just ridiculous. You lose Rashawn Slater, one of the best tackles in the league for the year. You lose Joey Bosa to a significant groin injury. Mm. Like that feels like that is flying way under the radar and that he could miss a lot of time and that could get a lot worse if he re-aggravates it. Jalen Guyton, not really a part of the offense at time, but kind of your deep one of your deep threats out with a torn ACL. We don't know when Keenan Allen's coming back. He's going to start maybe practicing this week. Corey Lindsley, he's kind of MIA. And then JC Jackson, your big free agent acquisition hasn't been healthy either. It's just, they are missing. It's not like other NFL teams where it's just like these kind of side guys that get hurt throughout the year and your depth kind of takes hits here and there. All of their key starters are gone. They're just gone. And it it's it's shame. And, and I'm just, you know, when I was watching that Jaguars game, because Justin Herbert still pulled off some amazing throws in that yeah. game and plays that were just like, wow, this is crazy. And I honestly, for the first time in my life, thought to myself this. I was like, they got a free Justin Herbert. They got a free Justin Herbert. Because ultimately, if the Chargers are going to keep doing this, if they're going to stick with the same coaching staff, like – this guy needs a, a shot somewhere, and he's not getting getting a fair shake right now in Los Angeles. It's just it's just very sad. I think well, I think with Herbert, I mean, he did he did have some exceptional plays in this game. Although I will say to all you Chargers fans that seem to hang your hat on counting dropped interceptions, there there were a couple plays in this game that that could have gone the other way around. I'm just saying, he he he's playing a little scared. Would which help is very it, under, it would which help is very understandable. His, it would help if his wide receivers would catch the football too. 
Very that would like also help. Three or four very notable big time drops in this game. Like when your drops make the highlight tape, like that's a bad, bad thing because that means that those were important plays. And like it, it's just it's just tough. It's really tough. I mean, there I'm I'm just gonna say this right now. The Chargers are not making the playoffs. Mm. They are not. They're not. I, You're not I, making not even a month ago. I was brutally mocked on this very program for making that same statement. Yeah, I know. This, this not is making... just how these things turn around. Yeah, I know. The the AFC is just too tough. You know, they're they're not not making the playoffs. So that's the Chargers. I mean, just just a a tough a tough scenario right now. Are 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 the Chargers of Los Angeles? Let me. We'll we'll close out with you, Ryan, but. I just want to step in to say, like, we do a lot of talking on this podcast, and there's often talk about, you know, who are, you know, the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and, like, Bradford will get very upset when Justin Herbert gets more love than a guy like Patrick Mahomes, and this, that, and the other thing. Well, one guy that just has never gotten the love that just needs the love that is there with Patrick Mahomes, that is there with Josh Allen, is Lamar Jackson. Oh. Like, it's just time to give this man his goddamn respect. Like, I'm done with, with, like, media pundits putting out lists where Lamar Jackson is not within the top three quarterbacks on that list because Lamar Jackson is a top three NFL quarterback and maybe the best quarterback in the NFL on any given Sunday. It's kind of a rotating door. Once you get into that stratosphere, I am just, you know, at first it was like, Oh, all right. Well, he can't really throw. And then it became very clear to those people that oh yes he can actually throw and then it it kind of started being like oh well if you know he he, he can't do anything I'm sorry to, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you there Eric I I have to clear out it apparently this room that I've I've been uh, hiding out in over the past couple hours is reserved uh oh and all right. there's some uh relatively frustrated individuals trying to remove me from the premises all right, so, well, I'm sorry. Can... I'm gonna have to bow out from the end of the show. I'm very sorry, but I, I have full faith in your guys' ability to carry on without me. Don't get well, arrested, it, bro. It, it, yeah, don't get arrested. Yeah. Hey, take care. It was a pleasure meeting you, Ryan. Peace. Same here. Same here. Peace. Well, that that kind of interrupted my diatribe, but yeah. you know, you know, Ryan, I, I know we're on the same page, but like at first it was like, oh, this guy looks a little different. Oh, this guy can't throw. Like, at some point, you've just got to look at the facts. And the facts are the facts. The guy is a no-doubt top 10 athlete in the league. He is one of the best running quarterbacks we have seen since Michael Vick. He has a killer arm. And now he's running an offense that is a pass-first offense that is built on verticality and deep strikes over the middle and to the outside. And he makes every throw every single week. Like, I, I don't know if you saw the Mark Andrews touchdown this week, mm-hmm. but that throw is insane. That throw is insane. He's mm-hmm. off his he's off his back foot and he just puts it where only Mark Andrews can get it, like right on the defender's back shoulder. Like I, I'm just done with people who are not including Lamar Jackson in the top five quarterback conversation. Like, I know it's been pretty widely accepted that he's a top 10 quarterback. But if you ask people, if you press people, like, where do you have him ranked? And I was guilty of this last offseason. I probably would have said, like, oh, seven, eight, you know, right, right yeah. around there. No, like, that's just not true. Like, he's shown enough at this point in his career that this man is the truth. He's the real deal. He he is one of the best quarterbacks in this league, and I, like I'm I'm just ready to say like he's he's up there with just you know with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. He's better than Justin Herbert. You know he's up there with Patrick Mahomes and and Josh Allen, and he he's just doing the damn thing. I'm I'm just 
And I'm just in love with the Ravens. I, I know that the defense is like up and down, but you can see the bones of what they're putting together and they are going yeah. to be nasty in November. Like, I, I don't know. A lot of people say, oh, look at the Dolphins. Like, oh, they're cute. Okay, yeah, that's cute. You're 3-0. <laughs> you, you, but like, to me, the AFC is three teams. It's the Chiefs, it's the Bills, and it's the Ravens. And the Ravens, like, I know everyone likes to say, oh, it's going to be Chiefs, Bills. Like, that's kind of what we're getting, like, hands down. Like, I don't think so. I, I think that Lamar is just like, man, you know, fuck y'all. Like, look, right. like, you, you won't pay me? Like, you you won't give me $270 million guaranteed? Like, Russell Wilson basically got that. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing here? Like, right. the, I, I know he's waiting till the offseason, but if the Ravens were smart, they'd be like, hey, dude, we're just going to give you, like, 290 guaranteed right now. Let's just get this thing signed. Because, honestly, with the way he's playing, he's going to win the MVP, and then he's, like, they're going to have to pay him $300 million. Yeah. Like, that. that's just the way it's going to be. Like, that – He's gonna set the record for like most guaranteed money for most kind. Like it's gonna have to be a Patrick Mahomes type deal. Like it, this is like he's gonna get half a billion at some point in his career total, and and maybe even reach a billion playing because he's just that talented of a player. He is. He is, man. And you know, I guess the only you know from the Ravens standpoint, I guess the only thing to wonder about is. How long can he play the way he plays? Um, but from my standpoint, I'm like, man, look, look at what he's doing now. Look what he's done since he came into the league, you know. So it's easy for me. Nothing I want nothing more than him to win the Super Bowl this year, obviously outside my own team. Um, but I would just love to see him win the Super Bowl and then go into free agency and force the Ravens to have to tag him and go through all that shit. But, man, I would really love for him to hit free agency. I know it won't happen because it doesn't. But, man, how epic would that be if Lamar Jackson hit free agency and you really had teams bidding on his services? What would that check look like? Woo! That's that's just, like, a scary financial thought. Like, oh. Yeah, I I I don't even know to be completely honest with you. It, What's crazy is you know Saints fans brought up him coming to the Saints, and I was like, man, with this coaching staff, uh, like I don't even know if I would want to do that to the book. You know what I'm saying? Like I just don't see the creativity of this coaching staff to you know. Not saying you know you have to you know, but you know Lamar is a different type of cat. Like you got to think outside the box with Lamar. You can't. He's not a uh, – even though he, he's, you know, he's become much better at throwing the ball, you know, you you have, if you want to use – want to maximize Lamar Jackson, you have to design an offense around Lamar Jackson. Um, and I don't know if my – you know, Saints coaching staff can do something like that. And I don't know if a lot of coaching staffs can do that, you know. So I guess that's the kind of thing he has to kind of weigh in his mind is, you know, He's going to get life-changing money. He knows that. He's going to get life-changing money. But what would be the best for him to have long-term success? Um, so he kind of has to balance that out, whether that's with the Ravens, whether that's with some other team. You know, maybe he could, you know, maybe he could do like the NBA and put together his own team, you know, go with somewhere with a coach he wants and a team he wants and stuff like that. So. Um, it'd be interesting, bro. But I agree with you 100, man. Like he's he the truth, bro. I'm pissed we took Marcus Davenport when we could have had him back in 2018, man. Yeah, and I mean, you said you don't know how long he can keep playing. Like I I don't know how much of the Ravens you've watched this year, but that offense is just completely different. Yeah, like, I watched a little bit. You're right. This this is not this is not what it was his MVP year even right. like this is not that offense. Like this is a pro style offense that is asking him to take dropbacks yeah. to play passes out of shotgun. 
and he is doing it. Like he, he's saying, like they're saying, he always okay. could throw though, mate. Always yeah. could throw. He Even always... in Louisville, he, he could throw. But it was just about you know just perfecting to get to the point where, you know, he. Look, man, if you are, if you a quarterback as talented as he is with his legs, it's like wide throw. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? It's like right. <laughs> so it was just getting it to the point where he's throwing enough. To where you know he's just feeling you know he's good and accurate with it. Like but now, now, yeah, now he's there. Now it's at a point where the running stuff—that's just a luxury. That's just something to have. That—that's right. the way they've used it. Like, right. they need a first, a quick first down. Or like, okay, go pick up this quick first down at the end of the game with your legs. But like, they're asking him to do the stuff that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have done throughout the exactly, game. and he's doing it, and he's. he's 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 got the you know the smarts. He's reading the field. Doing. He's under he's understanding the defenses, and I think that's something that comes along yeah. with experience in the NFL. And I think he's finally like reading the field. It takes play some players, you know, a long time. I think he had it last year, but like he was banged up too. I I've. I went back. I went back and I was talking with some folks on Ravens Twitter about it. Like, I don't think there's been a better stretch of him passing consecutively than this first three game stretch. Like every single every single game, he has just looked incredible throwing the ball. And I mean, they've got a real test next week. It's the Bills. That's gonna be a big one. But man, like I think they're going to win that game. Like, I think he's going to outduel Josh Allen because I think the Bills offense has some stuff they haven't figured out. And this Ravens offense has all the answers. And credit mm. Greg Roman, too. Everyone was like, Greg Roman can't, you yeah. know, Greg Roman, like, he's setting his ways. Like, he's not that great a coach. Like, he totally redesigned an offense and it is working to perfection. Like yeah. the Ravens just did everything right this off season. And even though the defense looks a little bit sloppy and disjointed right now, like, come on, Ryan, like you and me both know, like, tell me with a straight face, this is not going to be a top three NFL defense when the playoffs come around. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Ravens defense is going to be fine. Like, yeah. Like they're, like they're currently DVOA PFF. They average at 10. Like they are going to be at three to one by the time the playoffs roll around. Like Kyle Hamilton looks like an absolute stub. Marcus Williams has made some plays, but cornerbacks need to get on better pages sometimes. They've got to figure out the pass rush a little bit. But Patrick Queen, he's been really good through the first few games here. Yeah, I'm just. I'm a fan of Ravens. I think they're gonna they're gonna do some really big stuff. So before we wrap up here, what what's one thing you you kept an eye on this week that you get that's got you uh, excited or scared as a Saints fan? I, I don't know where you want to go with this, but let's just wrap up here. Oh no, man! I just I've just been enjoying it all NFL. You know, I'm looking forward to the Saints Vikings game in London this week. Um, I think that should be interesting. You know, my focus has been mostly on the Saints. Right. Um, not not so much as a fan, but as a story, because it's just interesting to see a team transition the way they did, because it's not like their head coach got fired. You know, he left and retired, and they basically took the approach of, let's keep everything the same as much as possible. You know, almost like a substitute teacher, you know, so the approach, I couldn't really argue it with the approach at the time, um, but I did question it, you know, because I felt like you got to bring somebody in that's going to come in and, and set their own culture. But they went with the approach of the culture is set by Sean Payton. Let's try to maintain that culture with the coach that, you know, came up under him. And so far, it's not working. <laughs> Uh, and look, he, he could turn it around. We'll see. I don't have much faith. Uh, not I wouldn't even say faith. I just haven't developed that trust yet. So we'll see. But uh, it, it's just interesting. The whole story of it is interesting to see, especially with younger Saints fans. You know, I mean, it's just funny. I mean, Saints fans, you know, they're in their 20s. 
they grew up with the Drew Brees and Sean Payton and all that stuff. You know, I was I'm a little older, so I remember the Don Patrol era, you know, Bobby A. Bear. I remember the Mike Dicker era, Jim Mora, you know, Jim Hazlitt. I, I remember mean, this, the tough this is I remember the, the tough years. Yeah, I yeah. remember the, the tough years, the ancient years. Uh, whatever, but H years is kind of the eighties. That's a anyway, long time ago. That's yeah. that's like Arch Manning type stuff. Yeah, Arch Manning. Yeah, yeah. But I remember those tough years, man. So it's just interesting to see, you know, this kind of happen and just Saints fans just losing their shit. It's just funny. <laughs> Let me run one more take by you here. The quarterback discussion is tough at the top. I feel like the, the way that this is playing out this year is there are like five, no doubt, superstar quarterbacks that are just playing at the top of their games. And then the rest of the league is just kind of mid right now and kind of week to week. But one of those guys that I think is in that five, and I'm just ready to ready to give it to him, is Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude... Like, you talk about Lamar Jackson and stuff, but, like, that dude's – he's not quite Lamar. He's a very different player, but he's got, like, he's got the accuracy issues figured out. Like, he's got everything that wasn't really there last year, and every single year he's gotten better. Like Exactly. That's the key right there. Yeah, it's like – what are we going to be saying about this guy in two years? Because there's a chance he wins the MVP this year. And there's a chance that the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year, because that offense is just, I think personally, that's the best offense in football. Yeah, is man, the, and, and they've is done the a, Eagles offense. Yeah, and they've done a great job. Putting, they did what you're supposed to do. They did what the DeBears was supposed to do. With Justin Herbert, I mean not Justin Herbert. Um, uh, what's his name? Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Um, it's like, bro, help your quarterback, and they've done that year after year ever since they drafted him. They've they've gotten better and better, putting better, better talent with with around him, and just help him along, man. You know, he was okay his rookie season when he played like after after season. Um, he was a little better last year, but you know, still had some lumps. But you could see it. And that's all you really need to do with these young quarterbacks, man. You just got to see it. You know, and with him, you could see it. I was always a fan of him. I thought he, overall, his makeup was good. So I, could, I always could see him having success in the league. It was just about him going to an offense that wouldn't try to pigeonhole him and that would work around his skill set and let him grow into the position, just like, you know, the Ravens did with um, Lamar Jackson. And that's what they're doing with him. And, you know, he's taking he's taking it on, man. He's improved every year, just like we saw with Josh Allen, just like we see with LeBar Jackson. And we saw we started to see it with him, man. He's becoming a better thrower of the football. He's using his legs when it counts. Um, so man, it's 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 interesting to see, bro. Like, you know, it's just a different league now, man. Like, you know, if he came into the league 10 years ago, he wouldn't have the chance that he has now. But you know. Luckily, offensive team, you know, uh, NFL coaches are starting to think a little better and a little more expansive than they have in the past. Uh, so, yeah, I agree, man. I, he's one of those, you know, I could, he could easily win the MVP if he keeps going the way he's going because he definitely has the talent on offense and the defense. They're going to keep him in games every every year. So, I mean, they got a chance to win 12, 13 games, man. Yeah. It's good. It's going to be nuts. Well, Ryan. Thank you so much uh, for following up, uh, for joining me today. Uh, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at DatBoyWolf. Saints Twitter pod. Go subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah. You know, help help Ryan out a little bit. Uh, yeah. Dude, thanks so much. This is always fun. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Nah, man. Always love coming on. Appreciate you. Of course. All right, we will be back on Friday morning with our kind of thoughts going into the weekend per usual. Uh, Go ahead and check that out. And maybe a bonus college football episode tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe keep an eye on out for that as well. 
I appreciate you all for listening. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time.